What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, August 19th. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat still handling some business down in the desert before Friday night smackdown tomorrow night and SummerSlam on Saturday. Good show today. Got some training camp talk. Ian Rappaport stops by for another rap sheet wrap-up. Wale was on the show. That was an awesome conversation. And AJ Hawk is here as well. Can't thank you guys enough for listening. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's get into it. I'm out here in the middle of the desert still handling some business. One night before, SmackDown invades Phoenix and then SummerSlam is on Saturday night in Las Vegas. Only available on the cock. Peacock. Hell yeah. Uh, all the boys are back in Indianapolis. I can't wait to chat with them. I miss them. I can't believe I haven't been able to see them the last two days in real life. It is an honor to chat every day with you gentlemen at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. How are we feeling back in Indianapolis? Fantastic. The honor's all ours, Pat. And, uh, you know, as you can see, I don't have the cans on anymore. I got these little Bose headphones. They're not too shabby. Feel like I'm listening to nothing, though. I'm very excited for the day. What? I don't know what that means, but I want to let you know the mullet, the Kentucky waterfall, the business on the front, the party in the back looks 10 to 20x better today with the earbuds so you're not blocking it with the cans. And also, it looks like that song bitch is flowing a little bit better today. Well, I learned yesterday that you do not have to go to Bed Bath & Beyond to get a hair b- dryer blower uh, hairspray. So I actually went down to the CVS, grabbed them. And what I mean by it feels like I can't hear is that I'm used to the cans being up so loud. But because I don't have as much of a uh, massive headset on, I got to bump these things way up as loud as I can. Okay, I mean, I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out. At Ty Schmidt, uh, there's been some big conversation over the last 24 hours out of Green Bay. First things first, I mean, Bob Domofsky uh, delivers a beautiful punchline while Aaron Rodgers has another press conference that he handles perfectly. Bob Domofsky has maybe our favorite moment from an actual journalist to a player in some real time, right? In a long time, time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Bob Domofsky is the people's writer. We've always said that. You know, a lot of people, I think, thought that either Raj didn't like him or, you know, so there was a lot of that kind of stuff going around when the uh, chef reports initially came out. Bob and Raj have always had a good relationship, and as you can see, I mean, he's the—I I think he's the only guy who would feel comfortable enough to do something like this in a press conference, and it, it slaughtered. It was awesome. Okay, so what we're referring to, for those that don't know, Aaron Rodgers had a press conference. Anytime Aaron Rodgers speaks now, especially after everything that happened this offseason, everybody's going to listen. What are the questions that are going to be asked? Will he answer any of the questions? Well, a situation occurred a few years ago where Aaron Rodgers said, you know, I love this fucking Kumaro guy. Came out and said it. You know, I love this Kumaro guy. Third wide receiver, fourth wide receiver, whatever the case. I have a good chemistry with this guy. I think he can make our team better. Then literally the next day, Mark Murphy, Ginta Kuntz and others say, ah, we're going to cut that guy. Didn't tell Aaron anything. <laughs> so it was a very public, open Aaron Rodgers who now we know has never had any say on anything basically happening over there. He comes out and goes to bat for a guy publicly, which he probably hasn't done in the past because maybe he wants to do things private. He's like, hey, nobody really listens to my shit over here, but I just want to let the world know Kumaro is fucking good. Okay, we deserve to give him a little. The next day they cut him. Okay, the Packers <laughs> cut him literally the next day. And People say, oh, they drafted Jordan Love. That's what made 
Aaron Rodgers so mad. It was like, no, I think it was also the Kumro, the Coon, the the Charles, everything that happened like that. So right. now Aaron's back and he's talking up another unknown guy. Kafusi? Yeah. Is that the name? Yeah, Bronson Kafusi. Kafusi. So now Aaron's publicly speaking about another player called Kafusi and Rob Domofsky, Bob Domofsky, the people's writer, the big J journalist who might have a little bit of a personality deep down underneath that cold hearted journalism soul he has to have, asked an incredible question to lead off Aaron Rodgers' press conference. I can't wait to see what Kafusi does in Buffalo this year. But anyway, um, if, you, if you didn't know, uh, Aaron with a Jesus Bob on the other side of that. This is going to be fascinating because we saw, obviously, Cobb come back. And that was allegedly the first thing that Aaron, you know, wanted back on the team. Then he's putting out tweets or Instagram stories about Clay Matthews. Like, hey, Thor, hey, guy that basically got run out of the Rams, took the year off last year, still got paid by the Rams last year, still got some, you come on in here. Now he's talking about Kafusi. I mean, there is a lot of situations here for us to kind of get a grasp on how much Gunta Kuntz and Murphy and Aaron are really coming together, Ty. I feel like the 50s uniforms we will talk about here in a second. Oh, I, yeah. I like a little change-up. Hell, yeah. Change-up. Look like a little green machine out there. I like a little change-up. But the uh, synergy of Aaron, Gunta Kuntz, and Mark Murphy, how are we? How do you feel as a fan watching along, and how does it end up? Uh, I feel good at this point. You know, I mean, we the the whole the whole time it was just like, is Raj going to show up? Is he going to retire? Is he going to be someone else or somewhere else? Now that he's there, I don't I don't think there's really any issues. There's no point in looking into the future. It's comforting to hear him say like, hey, I don't want like a you know a retirement tour or like a farewell tour or whatever. Like he's focused on this year. He's he's talked about being present, being in the moment. So I I mean I think as a fan, you know, you you can't get too ahead of yourself. But went to the NFC championship last year you bring back the most important piece like i'm i'm very very excited and hopeful for the season to start same press conference ty is talking about where aaron said this isn't a farewell tour i'm not looking ahead i have no idea he said i'm gonna try to enjoy the hell out of it what this is this season this team this run and then deal with everything in the off season it seems like is the right strategy bold strategy i'm pumped to see how the gunta murphy Aaron Rodgers saga, real housewives type situation unfolds through the season because there's going to be trade deadlines. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a team that maybe an injury happens. Can we get back as quick as possible? There's going to be a lot of things that potentially can unfold where Aaron, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but has the potential on Tuesdays every once in a while to maybe air some grievances or ideas. I'm real excited for the season, and hopefully Aaron will be able to say, you know, I don't want to just wear – these 50s Lambo Green Bay Packers jerseys on week seven, one time against Washington. I want to wear these sons of bitches every damn game. Bakhtiari, big, handsome, some bitch from number 69 wearing these uniforms. It is a beautiful thing whenever teams say, hey, we're going to do something a little different. Now, is it a cash grab because they'll sell those jerseys to everybody that's in the stadium and people want to feel alive, look alive? Absolutely. Is it something that maybe adds a little bit more for uh, flair for your marketing? Absolutely. But I like the fact that the players seem to love it. Ty, 
I saw you as a Packers fan. You, a lot of people on the internet are going to flame a lot of things. Okay, immediately upon seeing this, it's green and it's yeah, green and yellow, green, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. They're not the easiest colors to make look sweet. Okay, everybody needs to remember that whenever these uniforms come out, a football uniform looks like a football uniform all the time. It's not the easiest, most fashionable thing to make happen. Plus the green and yellow. I, I don't know if that's like super swag colors out there or not, but I like it, Ty. You like this, and let's see more of this. Oh, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, like Diggs has talked about this a lot, you know, and the Colts too. Like they're so traditional when they do these new uniform things. Like there really are no changes because it's tried and true. It's the same thing. Like the Packers throwback, they do the Acme Packers one, but like – it's not a great, you know, combo. They got brown pants and like a navy jersey and a oh, yellow yeah. helmet. Like it's just a weird it's just a weird mashup. If you look at their old logo, like these these colors are true to that. I like that they went for it a little bit. I saw a lot of people saying like, "Oh, it just looks like, you know, one of Oregon's leftover uniforms." Like, get out of town. This looks incredible. <laughs> and guess what? You know what? The football team isn't going to love it when they're getting the football shoved down their throats Ooh. with these green and gold uniforms. I think they're awesome. The football team, I think they're awesome as well. And if you get one of Oregon's sloppy seconds or sloppy tent uniforms, I think you're pretty pumped about that because <laughs> yeah. Oregon's uniforms are unbelievable. Nasty. I mean, Phil Knight's literally back in the kitchen back there cooking up new uniforms for him every single day. Every day, Phil Knight's like, hey, you remember how we changed the game here at Oregon? I was a runner, and I said, hey, give me that waffle frying pan, and let me put some rubber in there. And then he created Souls, and then Nike happened, and now he's a gazillionaire. I think since that happened, Oregon was gifted with every cool thing of all time first and before everybody else. So those saying it's a knockoff Oregon jersey, I think every Nike uniform is probably a knockoff Oregon yeah. jersey at this point with how Phil Knight has viewed that thing. When you when they do stuff like this, like I know how you said like you had to buy one of your captain's jerseys and, and uh like they don't just like give you that kind of stuff. Like is this getting taken out of your check when like they have these new like uh throwback uniforms or whatever? Like are they are they nickel and diamond you guys over this kind of stuff? I don't recall because we only did one real throwback and it was a blue helmet we had a blue helmet on and i think i have it still so i don't know if i bought it or if they gave it to me i'm not 100 percent sure but it was a big day when the colts did it because the colts never ever do it and i think the jerseys being purchased by players has been something that has maybe happened forever at different spots but then once the jersey exchange thing became the fad you know yeah. all the teams it started getting spotlighted a lot more and a lot more so I had to buy the jerseys that I wanted to keep. Uh, they charged me for it. They just kind of take it out of your, uh, you know, it, I don't even know if you buy it. They just take it out of your check. You know, it was money that was never there. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, Bingo. They do. They do it with taxes for the county, the state. But the, the Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's not there, I mean, it's not there. So I'm not sure. I, I, I don't recall what it was with the throwback. I like the teams do it, though. Yeah. I think it's smart business-wise. I think it keeps it fresh with the fans too. There's there's some. I mean, go to that, go to the Steelers jersey. It has McAfee on the back of it, right over Connor's shoulder. There, that Bumblebee one from the Steelers. Whew. People bash that one. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I love it whenever it's out there. That the Packers one is kind of like very. It looks like you're watching 
you know, old school baseball almost with the way they're dressed. But I just think it's cool whenever you keep things fresh like that. But I understand the tradition in the business side of it all, whatever it is. Uh, more press conference conversation, though. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are joint practicing with the Tennessee Titans led by old Vrabes and the boys. So far going into the show, there had been five fights at the practice just this morning. Damn. There was four reported, and as we were talking about that fourth one, Fournette and somebody else got into it to make it five. Five fights between the Titans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in joint practices, and I have in one day, and I have no idea how that doesn't happen every single joint practice every single day. I think I've been pretty loud on that train for a long time, and I think this all – you know, stems our reaction mostly from whenever there was a fight at Giants practice or a fight somewhere else or a fight in Detroit and the head coach goes, I like hey. These guys are fired up, man. Love to see that competitive competitive edge, man. Let them fight. I hope a guy breaks his hand swinging on somebody. <laughs> okay, so MCDC didn't say that, but everybody <laughs> kind of went after MCDC. They went after the Giants. Oh, this culture's bad. This culture's bad. There was a lot of people that were living in a fairy tale land that don't understand, like, hey, when it's 100 degrees and um, you're in training camp, which is a miserable existence, you're getting paid well if you make the team. Okay, if you make the team, you're getting paid well. But training camp, is a miserable time. And if you're just running your fit, bam, 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 take a break, take a break, grab a water. Okay, back in there. Bang, face, the face. Bang, another one. Run it back. Bang, face, right back in. Bang, face, just back in. Boom, face, right back in there. And by the way, last night, I wasn't able to sleep on my own bed. Had to sleep in a dorm. When I had to go piss at 3 a.m. because they tell me to stay hydrated, I actually bumped into one of our nose tackles on the way down the hall <laughs> to pee because it was a public bathroom that we had to go to. The food I'm eating is cafeteria food. I've been in meetings for eight hours a day for the last five days. I'm a little bit tired. Muscles are a little bit sore. I get back on the field and guess, look, bam, another one face to face. <laughs> Boom, another one face to face. 120 degrees now. Humidity, 200%. Bang, face to face. Boom, face to face. That's what training camp is. There is a good chance that guys who have the edge to make it to the NFL after running their face into a fucking guy when it's 100 degrees and they're already potentially set up to be miserable. The dog days are how these things are described. Fights are going to happen. Emotion's going to happen. Intensity's going to happen. And it is no different down there in Tampa with old Tennessee Titans and Buccaneers camp. They're brawling. Rams and Raiders are brawling. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Cowboys and Rams last week were brawling. It feels like we're set up for a great NFL season. Feels like the boys are ready to go. And no matter what, like you said, there's going to be fights. But then you consider it's a Bruce Arians coach team and it's a Mike Vrabel coach team. It's like, hey, it doesn't really matter if they're just you know on the opposite side of a play. Those dudes probably want to see some sort of fight, right? Like, are there coaches who, okay, we're going to condemn fighting, but don't forget, like, you better go out there and compete and actually show us you care. Or is everybody just kind of like, hey, it's going to happen no matter what. It doesn't matter. I I'm not sure I haven't been around, but I'm certain not all coaches are condemning fighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, there, like, I don't know if there's been a memo sent to coaches maybe telling, uh, hey, need your players not to fight as much at training camp. I, I don't know if that's a point of emphasis yeah. for uh, practicing by from the NFL or not. But Vrabes, 
I mean, from everything we know about him, and we don't know much, never met him personally, just the stories we have heard from people that do know him. If he was to watch his team practice against, let's say, the Buccaneers or anybody else, and one of their running backs just catches an extra late elbow or something, and nobody does anything, I'd assume Vrabes would punish the team a lot harder for not fighting for their guy than they would than he would for fighting for the guy. Yeah. There's probably more moments happening like that that everybody on the Titans knows. Like, hey, if I don't show up for my teammates, if if I'm on film going the other way when a fight is happening, let's assume the head coach that is known for being one of the toughest humans to ever play in the NFL, a guy who still puts on boxing. Let's assume that guy's going to be pissed that I didn't go to battle for my teammates. And that's what I think there's a lot of coaches. Vrabes kind of gets that. There's a lot of coaches that view it that way. That's why even my little punk dumb ass, if a fight ever happened between the team I was on and the other team, and it was near me, helmet on, sprint towards action. Okay, who knows what you're going to do in there? Probably going to eat an uppercut, maybe the jaw. You don't have a mouthpiece and could be in trouble. My <laughs> face mask was also too close to my face. So somebody could have broken my nose with a punch, Oof. but I'm getting in there because on film, you can't be the guy going the other direction. So when you're talking B.A. and, and Vrabes, I think that's a very valid point that ain't nobody want to be on film running the other motherfucking way. And football will always be a physical, violent sport. Let's assume that fights are always going to happen regardless. And let's remember that for next year when people are saying, oh, these archaic barbarian assholes can't get with the times they're still fighting out there. It's like, let's put let's put the most I want to put Gandhi. Okay, that's the most peaceful person. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. I want to put Gandhi in some pads, put him in a three technique and have him run his run his face into somebody, you know, just for two hours. I assume Gandhi at some point is going to give a quote that isn't as inspiring, motivational, and peaceful. I assume at the end of that, there's going to be a, turns out I do fucking hate people. (laughs) You know, like I just think it's a recipe for that. And we're getting a chance to see it. Antonio Brown got into it with a corner. I assume that's a holding talk shit situation. Antonio Brown, who is known to be very intense, worked very hard. He got into it, got sent in to cool off. He got brought I think uh, I think that's going to continue to happen, and it's nice to know there's still a lot of edge out there, a little fire out there, no matter how the game is. Well, with the Raiders, too, that was a special team scrimmage, they said, where some sort of fight broke out, and Mike Mayock was ripping dudes off the pile. Like, for you, how does a special teams fight break out? Is that the same thing, a hold, some sort of bullshit penalty, or someone even tries and goes to block a punt kick, and then they get a little too close to the punter? Like, did you have kind of like a red jersey type of, hey, no one go near the punter, or else we're kind of screwed in one phase of the game? So we only did one joint practice, and it was with the Bears. The Bears. And uh, I think Fox was the coach. I think think Fox was the coach. Robbie Gold was still the kicker. Pat O'Donnell was the punter. Uh, Kyle Long was on the team. They came to Indianapolis. It was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that in the football world. I'd never experienced it. And we're separated from most of it, and then some of the drills you came together. There was like a special teams period where everybody came together, and it was – Ones-on-ones, punt, punt, block, right? They're going to run some twists in action. We're going to try to hold them up, and then we're going to punt. Returner's going to try to catch. Gunner's, I think, halfway downfield maybe with uh, people blocking them, and they're going to try to – like, 
as simulated as much as possible so the special teams coaches and everybody could get good looks at, hey, who can potentially get off the ball, who can block, who can't, because you're trying to, you know, that's where a lot of guys are trying to make a team, make a club yeah, right. those special teams meetings. But now both Chicago and Indy won. Like, I think the special teams coaches loved it because you're getting a chance to see all the guys that you're trying to read the waiver wire for anyways. And I thought, you know, because I had watched a lot of practices, you know, stay away from the fucking quarterback is something that is yelled a lot. Yeah, yeah. So when I was jogging out for this punt period, you know, I was like, is anybody going to say, like, hey, stay away from fucking Pat? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, like, is anybody going to say, nobody said it, nobody at all said it, but my PP at the time, he he turned around right before that, and, uh, and it was like a game rep. You know, like, my PP, I think it was Clayton Gethers, He'd been my PP for a long time. I think it was him. He turned around and said, ain't none of these motherfuckers getting close or whatever. Like, <laughs> okay. And there was a couple where he, you know what I mean? It was a real thing. But I thought there was going to be a fight like every rep. Because in special teams, that is literally a roster spot for roster spot right there. That is how you're going to get paid either for uh, the Raiders or for the Rams, for us, the Bears or the Colts. A lot of those guys are probably going to get cut and move to different teams. So those special teams periods get very, very intense. It was very professional, the one that I went to. But, yeah, you could see how, you know, somebody who potentially has nothing to lose could get pissed off when somebody else who has potentially nothing to lose does something disrespectful and then the whole ball starts. I like that Mayock, though, is going in there and diving and grabbing <laughs> yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. All you need is just, what, one quick – like pool with a helmet and Mayock's what dead. Yeah. Oh, blown out knee. Unless Mayock has a helmet to get in there. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I was but. I was curious. Do you think because the the Bucks won the Super Bowl last year? Like, are they and we, you know you said there were five six fights today. Like, are they more susceptible to this? Like, because teams are like, hey, let's go compete against these guys, really? Or do you think it's just like? That's just the way it is. There are always going to be fights. Like it's not necessarily heightened because the Bucks are coming to town. Yeah, I think there's just always going to be fights. I, I just and that's. I mean, I know some people are going to hate to hear that. I just, I honestly believe that what we described here for the last 15 minutes is going to lead to a potential altercation between some people who are violent for a living. Yeah, you know, it's like the um, we talk about. Uh, and we have before where the cage fighters will maybe make bad decisions outside of the cage, you know, mm-hmm. like a bad, well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. like, there, there's a chance that's going to happen with the same brain. And I'm not saying every cage fighter is this way. I'm just saying, let's assume that there are some brains that don't make great decisions that end up fighting in a cage for a living. You know, like, let's assume that that happens. Like people that play football, let's assume some of them, are actually like violent people, you know, like football is how they get a lot of their aggression out and anger out. Whenever you have somebody that's not on your team and you get a chance to prove how loyal you are to your team at the same exact time for a potential job. I mean, it's just, it's ripe for a brawl. Like that is just what it is. That's why once again, I have no idea how these joint practices don't end up as a fucking SummerSlam-like card from beginning to end in team period, special teams, two-minute. I don't know how they're not brawling all the damn time. Let's move around the NFL just a little bit more. Jason Wright, the president of the Washington football team, the team 
You know, because I'm out here in the desert with the team and the name. It felt good to get out of the rain. By the way, just yesterday, yeah, yeah, I saw a monsoon in the desert. What? Excuse yeah, me? I was here. First monsoon since 2014 out here in the desert. I'm here. I seen it rain in the desert yesterday. There is an inspirational quote in there somewhere, Ty Schmidt. There ain't never supposed to be a flood or a monsoon in the middle of the goddamn desert. That's why it's titled The Desert because it is deserted of water. There is brown everywhere. There's cactuses and cacti that are supposed to store the only water inside of them. Yesterday, I see Mother Nature take an entirely massive piss all over this desert. And if you can't find motivation that sometimes what's not supposed to happen can happen in a big time moment, I don't know what you're going to find motivation out of, Todd. Hey, be careful. I know you uh, You told us off air yesterday you were thinking about going and scaling that mountain behind you, you know, like Alex Honnold. You're going to free solo it I, with the rain and everything. I, I mean, we, we're looking at mudslides and said, so be safe out there, please. Well, I appreciate that, and thank you for looking out for me. But I have seen Alex Honnold climb the Dawn Wall. Right. True. Okay. So I've seen the film. I've watched the film. If I'm going to attack Camelback back here in Gorilla Rock, there's a Gorilla Rock oh. over here. Yeah, it's like a rock. I, by the way, I don't know if that's its actual name. Me and Sam named it. Oh, nice. Okay, because okay, it's a rock that sticks up from Camelback, and it looks like a gorilla looking off in the distance or whatever. So I was thinking about climbing Gorilla Rock when we first got here. Sure. After the monsoons, it's way too, way yeah. too shiny. Can't do yeah. it. Because I'm going to need all that shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And normally out here in the desert, you're it's just chalk. It normally, without dried, is it's normally just chalk. But with how much rain they had yesterday, said two to three days, you're going to see green in places there isn't normally green. All this shit just grew up on the mountains that normally is dead, by the way. Oh. First sense of water, just like fucking green on the mountains, and then it'll be gone in like a day or so. It was insane out here. Are there still tarantulas everywhere, or did, did those things also get washed away with all the water? Yeah, everybody everybody has kind of learned about the tarantulas out here via my wife's Instagram story. The tarantulas just swim, I guess. Like oh, in the uh, pool down here, well, tarantulas just swimming through the pool. The local said that's not normal at all. So, of course, I'm stuck with the fucking tarantula pool. You know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, the locals have no idea what it is, but I love it out here. I I can't stress it enough. Now, granted, I got to see some rain, so maybe it wasn't as thick yesterday as it's probably going to be today. I walked outside. Oh, right I can imagine. This yeah. heat. A little humidity, too, by the way, because of what happened yesterday. Yikes. So the desert with humidity, you can probably guess. <laughs> I love it out here, though. I, I absolutely love it out here. Well, they check off most of the boxes, right? I mean, they ha- they have legal gambling coming soon. I believe the marijuana is legal out there too. They they really do have everything in Arizona. Who would have thought? Not not me. Well, and I think the only thing that they're kind of like scared of over here, you know, because what do you got in California? You got fires and earthquakes, right? Yep, yep. sure. The fires and earthquakes are things in California, although the weather is unbelievable. Peace and peace for that. Middle of America, you got what tornadoes? tornadoes you got to worry yep. about flooding in the. In the south, you got flooding, you got hurricanes. Tornadoes. In the northeast, you just got to deal with mass holes. Well, yeah. no. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty so easy, though. Yeah, there's potential disasters everywhere. You know what I mean? True. And I think out here in the desert, normally, 
what is it just how dry it is that's what they got to deal with oh yeah you get that, that dry heat you, you see a lot of the you know it's 94 out feels like 194 it's beautiful though out here man and maybe it's because the rain came yesterday i got to see that and it kind of cooled it off or whatever i fucking love this place the last time i was out here for like an extended time foxy and i flew out here for something wrestling wise and then we flew out like a day later we were in a hotel now that i'm kind of in a house getting to see it and like drive around the last time i was out here with some real time was for the fiesta bowl we talked about this yesterday and that fiesta bowl was after the 13-9 game you know what i mean it was after the 13-9 pit game we ended up in the fiesta bowl so at that moment in my life i was thinking about a lot of things you know because i wanted to disappear there for a bit and now here i am it's pretty cool to come back to the same area because we were practicing on a field right over here. There was a junior college we were practicing on. I actually saw it hmm. whenever we came out here for the Fiesta Bowl. And it was just like, it's cool. It's cool. Like, hey, the last time I was here, I was in a much different mindset. Now I'm, like, doing business out here. It's a real coming of, like, full circle coming of age tale here. But these fucking mountains are no joke. And I do believe there's rattlers. So you got to watch that. Jeez. Oh. I would have never assumed that that big, bald BFS AQ Shipley was onto something when he moved out to Phoenix. He's been texting everybody out here, by the way, that I'm here. <laughs> the chef at this place that I'm staying at fucking gave us the biggest shark board of all time. Oh. Yeah, and it's, it took up this whole thing. We're playing a little dominoes there last night. I'm fucking undefeated in the desert, obviously. But wow. the, uh, the shark board ate up this whole thing, basically. And the note on it said, AQ said you were in town. So... I think AQ might be the fucking mayor. (laughs) I'm not 100% sure. I think he might be the mayor. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the, all, <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Ocup- <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Free two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. 
joining us now is a man who represents Centerville, Ohio, better than any human in the history. He's a college football national champion. He's a Super Bowl champion. He has a chin reminiscent of the crimson chin. Ladies and gentlemen, a guy who raises hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for good causes every other week of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. Hey, what's happening, man? How is it out there? Cat got your tongue there early, dude. You everything all right? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you sound good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I was waiting on you. You want to go around the room and see how everybody's doing again? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. We'll let the callers handle that. But I, want, I woke up this morning ready to debate you. I won't let you know oh, that. Yeah. I was excited. I'm like, you know what? Today, wait. big debate day with AJ Hawk. Hell yeah. Thursday. That's what they say. Thursday is debate day here at PMS. Well, we like to throw it back to what sports talk's supposed to be. Sports talk's supposed to be two bland whites yelling at each other, telling them they're wrong. Yeah, we got it. Let's get right in that groove, man. You see Max Kellerman's out at first take? Is that real or not? What happened? Did something happen, or they, they acted like it was to have him do other projects? I don't know, yeah. They say, hey, he'll be on ESPN Radio more. He'll be doing a little bit more of this. He's got his own boxing show. I think it's called Max on Boxing or something like that. But first take Damn. with Stephen A., the highest-paid guy at ESPN, that's that's the show, right? Is it, are they just moving them out? They said they're going to put a couple different people in there. Are they trying trying out a bunch of people? Are they maybe making a big signing to battle against Stephen A. every oh, day? Molly's ooh. allegedly sticking around. What's going on at first take, AJ? Are you are you potentially going in there? You ooh, love the AJ. Oh. I mean, if they're if their producers or whoever's making decisions over there know anything about me, they know that that is kind of my wheelhouse. Like, I want to debate, and I want to debate every topic, too, because I feel very passionately about most everything that is spoken about on TV. Uh, Ty, where the fuck has Zubin been? Um, Thank so you. Yeah, we, we've been asking for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I think Zubin was dealing with some difficulties related to diabetes. Um They've kind of just strung him along, though. His name's still on the show. He's not really on it anymore. But that is what was interesting with Kellerman, too, is I'm pretty sure the initial, like, revamped ESPN radio lineup, he had his own show. And I think they shit-canned that as well. I don't know if it was recently or if it happened a while ago, but they're saying he is going to slide into Zubin's role, potentially, mm-hmm. on Keyshawn and uh, Jay Williams in the morning. Okay, so that's why... I obviously asked that. I knew that that was the plan, Yep. of course. Right. That's why I asked that. I'm really piecing it together. I did all my research. So then who do they put in there with Stephen A? Are they going to pay Skip that $8.5 million they I, planned on doing it before said, he went to it, Fox? It's, it's Sacho's time. They Come said on. it was a rotating Sacho. cast. They said it's a very short walk from get up over to first take. Yep. So whoever's basically on get up, we know, as Gumby just said, it's it's time for Sacho. Dan that's, that's what I was about to say. I've never been invited over the first take set, although I have been at the get-up set numerous times. It is a rather short walk. I've never been able to open those doors and see where the magic of first take is. But Dan Orlovsky seems to be the battling counterpart to basically anything, right, at this point. Yeah, is yeah. that not – is this Orlovsky's job? Is Orlovsky now – is it his job to lose? What other person is going to get up, get in there and get actually pissed about their feelings against Stephen A? It has to be somebody like Dan Orlovsky, right, AJ? Yeah. I, I think Dan sounds perfect for that gig. Yeah, I, I would assume they're going to rotate some people through early to see who does best or who's most comfortable. But do you think Max wanted to leave the show? Like, does he have any say in this? 
I don't know if why Max would want to leave this. Yeah, I, I, no I, way. I'm not speaking. Me and Max have never met. I've never chatted with Max. You know, Max, I watch Max on the television do his thing or whatever, and he has some interesting thoughts, if those are his genuine thoughts, obviously. But I'd imagine you're not trying to get out of first take with Stephen A at ESPN. I don't know, unless you're trying to just get in Stephen A's world on ESPN Plus full-time. I, I am not 100%. Maybe this is a build for ESPN Plus, though. Maybe they're giving Max more work because of how good he has done on first take. Maybe he is seeing this as a compliment, as a up the workload a little bit. I don't know, know if that's a good idea because no one watches any of that shit on ESPN Plus, uh, their original <laughs> programming. Outside of Peyton's places, no one's watching any of those fucking shows. Period. You know, I mean, sorry, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but no hey, one's fucking watching them. You remember when they pitched me? Listen to this, AJ. They wanted me to do a show that I would record from midnight to 2 a.m. every day. All right? I would get Wait, highlights. You would record it? Wait, it wasn't live that time? Why would you record it at midnight? Well, because it was after every all the games were played. So after all the games were played for the day, I record a wrap-up show. Only seen on ESPN+, Plus, but I get highlights. We'll give you 60, 60 bucks a day or whatever you do this, <laughs> yep. and it'll be great. You'll be you'll have the time of your life, you know. Yeah, ESPN Plus, obviously, with the bundle with Disney, Dom Batiste is telling us about. It'll be massive. It'll be a catapult for your career, I was told. I was like, all right, well, you can fuck off. I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing that. But, but they I'm really they, they don't promote any of that shit on there. If you go to ESPN Plus, if you go to the app, the only thing that people are using that is, like, if games are blacked out in your area – or if there's a game on ESPN Plus that's not available anywhere, like you have to fucking dive UFC through. UFC is the biggest thing. Yeah, I think UFC is probably the biggest thing on ESPN Plus for sure. That article did say that they might kind of turn first take into Stephen A's world, probably because nobody's watching Stephen A's world on ESPN Plus. Yeah, Stephen A's world might be good. Nobody's seen it. What uh, is that? Peyton's what is that? places though is what's that? Go ahead, AJ. What exactly is Stephen A's world? I, he just does a bunch of shit. He just does a bunch of different things. It's basically he does a variety sports variety show. That's where the Stephen A's list came from. And yeah. Obviously, there's some baby Stephen A and some other takes that he has. I think he does some interviews on there. It's basically just like a Stephen A show almost as opposed to just a debate show. If if they feel as if all that is good and it's not being seen by anybody because nobody's really going to ESPN Plus for their day-to-day, only going for events or blacked-out games – like Peyton's places, let's get that shit on ESPN as well then, because For sure. that thing is unbelievably well done. Yeah, it's so good. it's incredible. Yeah. But I wonder, do you think that that's gonna that that's probably gonna take a little bit of a backseat if they're doing this new Monday Night Football thing, right? Like I don't know if they're in talks to have another season of Peyton's places yet. I mean, I'm sure ESPN would do whatever to make sure that happens. But if he's committed to this Monday Night Football thing, I don't know. You know, I think that kind of goes on the back burner. All right, honest question here, and this is going to go to Connor. Okay. Connor, you love the NBA. Obviously, we're all big Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality fans here. Did you ever watch the detail on ESPN Plus by him? Have you gone in there and watched? That seems like something that I have never even thought about watching, but if it, maybe it's because it was on ESPN Plus. That's why I'm never in there. Yeah, I mean, I love basketball. I'm a little jaded towards ESPN, but I have gone in once to watch detail. It is pretty good. It was the Jason Tatum episode, so that's really the only reason I went in there. Uh, and it's good, but I mean, nobody wants to. Nobody's you know going onto their TV like, oh, ESPN Plus. What what came out today from ESPN Plus? I think that's the biggest problem that is happening with Stephen A's world, and that's why they're doing Stephen A versus the world as the first take thing. I think that was the name of the show idea they were thinking of in that 10 o'clock slot. 
Oh, so a bunch of random pissed off people are coming yeah. in to debate Stephen A. on different th- uh, different topics. Hey, if it's a sports uh, football thing, we'll bring in football students to debate. If it's basketball, we'll bring basketball students yes. to debate. If it's uh, vaccinations, we'll bring a politician into debate. Is that mm-hmm. what Stephen A. is going to be doing? He's just going to be debating everybody out there? Yeah, I don't know if they'll bring in a politician. They'll probably just bring in Stink. But they also, I think, for <laughs> basketball, we're going to bring in uh, Perk. I think Perkins, this is going to be a big Ken- Kendrick Perkins push probably lead into a carry on show if I had to guess. Hey, carry the hell on. I hope they do great. I can't wait to see who Stephen A is burying. Max Kellerman has done a great job doing that for the past couple of years. Now joining us is a man who maybe could uh, hop in there and get buried. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he would be up for the gig or not. Knows more about all the things we like to know about than everybody else on earth. Senior NFL insider for the NFL uh, at NFL Network and NFL.com and the host of the show that is currently on hiatus because we think it's been canceled. Oh. Rap Sheet and Friends. For his weekly Rap Sheet wrap-up, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah! What's going on, man? You got any inside information on who's going to be debating Stephen A over there at ESPN? Uh, I do not. Um, the only uh, inside information I had at ESPN was when Robert Griffin III was going there, which mm. I was very happy to put out on Twitter because that was just a fun one. Plus, he's going to be really, really good. Um, but I don't have any good Stephen A. info. Um, Max Kellerman and I did go to the same school. Wow. Um, oh. So that's, oh. I mean, roommates. we're both people. That's basically <laughs> what we have in common. So. Well, I've been going to the same school, both being humans. That's a lot in common, more than I have with Max Kellerman. I mean, we're both humans, did not go to the same school, and, you know, not in the whole journalism world. But let's move on and let's talk football here. This week, it seems like not a lot happened, besides from all the fights everywhere. You might be getting a text right now telling us differently, but is there any big news stories of the week in your eyes from the NFL, Ian? Uh, I would say, well, there was one. Um, which was the Jamal Adams contract extension, big deal, kind of ending that saga. Um, actually pulled me off the golf course earlier this week to make sure my phone oh, didn't die so I could geez. put that out. It was tough, but I, honestly, I, I I ended up persevering and getting it. So um, that was a very nice moment. And I, nice for him, too. He got, you know, $70 million. Um, just now, a couple minutes ago, Carl Lawson, the oh. big money pass rusher for the Jets, was just carted off at practice. Um, seems like a lower leg injury. I don't know the severity, um, but being carted off from practice in a lot of pain with your teammates kneeling around you is never good news. Um, and you know, obviously for, um, you know, obviously for the jets, it's, I mean, this was one of their big money, big time guys who has been awesome. One of their best players in practice. Um, so that's something we will keep an eye on and, you know, potentially may have some news depending on how long we, uh, We'll be on this show right here. Hey, what are you hearing about uh, not only Saquon Barkley, but Joe Burrow, two guys coming back from knee injuries? We've heard Burrow talk about his little struggles early in camp, maybe. Have you hear, Have you heard that these guys are progressing, going to be fine? Uh, I would. Well, we'll start with Burrow because, you know, I remember when I kind of first came into this, I was covering uh, Tom Brady with the Patriots, and he was coming off an ACL, uh, you know, a similarly serious contact-type injury. And I remember my first month on the beat, Brady did not look like himself. And I was like, what are all these people talking? And I, you know, I'd covered colleges, I'd covered Alabama, and I didn't know enough, honestly, to be covering the Patriots. So I remember looking at Brady and I'm like, this is Tom Brady? 
um, because he didn't look like himself. And it probably took, I'd say, four or five weeks for him to get back in the groove and like look like Tom Brady again. And so if you told me that Joe Burrow coming off a serious injury – uh oh! Oh, here we go! Oh oh oh! oh. Uh, can I call you guys back? Oh oh, oh no! I'll call you right back. I'll call you right back. Wow! Now did we he answer. Did he answer guess. when I said, "Is it something big?" I couldn't hear anything. Did he say yeah? It seemed big because he said, "I'll call you right back." Yeah, he said, "I'll call you right back." Yeah. Okay, because he his eyes he, they went to a screen and then back down very quickly and then mid sentence I'm out of here. What happened? Somebody get fined? Another fight happened? Did somebody get hurt? Is it Carl Lawson? I'm, it's not a fine. There's no way it's a fine. Maybe maybe did you see what Antonio Brown did to a guy down there in Tennessee? Yeah. Hey, Antonio Brown. There's these fights have been happening, AJ. You and I have been on this side for a long time. You in the game, me just watching a lot of these practices. There was five fights whenever we came on to the show at the Titans-Buccaneers practice today, just today, five of them. The Rams-Raiders, they're brawling. I mean, everybody's fighting right now. This this is training camp, baby. Training camp's happening, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, we're, we're in the they're in the thick of it, and they're practicing together. So, wait, did the Bucks titans have five themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't cancel practice or anything? Usually you'll at least, all right, we're splitting up for the rest of the day. No, Vrabes had a big old dip, and he said, let these boys keep fighting. (laughs) And then B.A. said, fuck, I don't care. Yeah, fucking let them. He took his (laughs) golf cart off. Vrabel went running down the road and said, yeah, fuck, they'll fight all night. Probably had 10 cigarettes, a couple beers in there entire time. Goes into the team meeting. Afterwards, he goes, you guys fucking happy? Huh? Six fights that make you feel good? Make you feel tough? Not one of you back down, though, which is what I like. That's why I want you on my team. That's probably what Vrabel said. Antonio Brown got into it with a corner. He got sent off the field, and then he came back out. That was like the fourth fight, I think, of the day. And there is some pictures coming out now. Antonio Brown, Miles Garrett, it old buddy, took his helmet off of him, okay? And then he landed a left jab right to the jaw. And if you do recall when Antonio Brown was going through his life saga shit, and he was going to box somebody, and Antonio Brown's going to get his ass beat. And I said, I remember saying, like, hey, Antonio Brown's one of the most explosive athletes on earth. Let's assume, yeah, go back to that other one. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, let's Dang. assume that if Antonio Brown wants to learn how to box and fight, he's going to be able to figure it out. He's quicker than you, he works his ass off, and he's an explosive athlete. I think he did have a good left hand there. I don't know if he knocked old buddy out, but what a fucking punch there. Anytime you have your helmet off at training camp and the scrum's happening, Big-time nightmare situation, and A.B. landed one. It seems right on the button, if I had to It's guess. super rare. Sent- it- What's that? Sorry, but think how rare it is to land that clean in a fight in a, in a training camp. Usually it's tough to get a good shot with anybody, let alone A.B.'s helmet off, and you land completely solid. And A.B.'s a lefty, too, so that's his power shot. <laughs> so just like Jake Paul told us that Floyd hit him with an uppercut clean on his eye after that I got your hat situation – and he didn't get knocked out. He went and told his brother, he said, hey, he hit me clean. I didn't even feel it except for this black guy. I'll be excited to hear what the other guy said with Antonio Brown, who seems to have connected rather clean with the jaw there in a football fight. Normally, uh, you know, uppercuts are trying to happen because that's where potentially open. People are trying to get him in the Adam's apple. But whenever you're doing that, you got shoulder pads involved. The helmet is obviously not fun. That's why those scrums normally become just a big old ah, 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 situation. Yeah. I mean, are they still in the field? Do we know right now? 
There's no way. I mean, yeah. they had like an hour and a half on the field two hours ago. Oh, okay, no. So they're done. Well, do you, are they scheduled to practice together tomorrow? Uh, probably all the way up until their game, which I is so. so Friday, Friday or Saturday. Yeah, one of the two. So maybe one more day of practices, unless they're done. This is the last day. Tom Brady's talking about uh, who he was potentially referring to and that motherfucker because he was asked. I didn't even think that it could potentially be Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah. But Boston Connor and the internet are sold after what happened yesterday in the press conference that Tom Brady was referring to Ryan Tannehill when he said that motherfucker. Listen to this exchange, AJ, and we'll talk on the other side of this. No, Connor has some very strong feelings about it. How about Ryan He's a great player. So he's had a great year for that team. And he's done a great job. Last year was phenomenal. before that, he was great. So I really like Ryan competing against him a lot. Uh, he's beaten me quite a few times. So and he's a great player. But he wasn't that MFR in the shop. Did you say MFR all year? Yeah, he wasn't that MFR. Oh, uh, was Ryan? Yeah. Uh, Ryan was a, Ryan's a great guy. No, I like Ryan. That was just fucking. Tom, how this stuff? I personally don't even think that he even thought of Ryan Tannehill potentially being that motherfucker oh. personally. That's why I think whenever he heard the question, his reaction was like, oh, Ryan, no. But Connor, yeah. who has watched Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the f- seconds every single move his entire life, sold that it's Tannehill. Is that right, Connor? Uh, a thousand percent. He's Him saying, oh, Ryan, like they hadn't been talking about Tannehill the entire time. He had to play that off. He had a little uh, gesture movement, a little uncomfortable, it seems. And by the way, you think it's a coincidence that they're asking about Tannehill being that motherfucker and Brady probably telling the team, hey, this is the team that said no to me and that's why I'm here. So let's go out there and beat their fucking ass. And if they want to fight, we'll fight and we'll give it right back to him i am a thousand percent convinced especially because the titans beat brady the last time he played for new england so he probably thought to himself on that sideline man they got derrick henry they got a great o-line mike vrabel's like my best friend i love that guy to death he's my son's favorite player i want to go play for the titans next year they'll let me go over there ten hill beat me four times with the dolphins but the dolphins get us damn near every year so They'll definitely let me over there. And then all of a sudden, Vrabel gives him a massive contract. Brady's sitting there with his dick in his hand. And he's basically just like, you know what? Screw the Titans. I'll go to the NFC and I'll go to the Super Bowl. And we act like, oh, well, Tannehill's good. Every quarterback in the NFL is below Brady when you think about who he is. So and everybody could be that motherfucker, but especially a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who's the quarterback for his best friend's team. So, AJ, that's what I'm saying, that I didn't think it was Tannehill at all, and then Connor's first reaction was that to me this morning, yep. that it was definitely him. He, lay, he lays out a compelling case, AJ, a compelling argument, though. He does, and the, his argument does make some sense. I don't know everything he was saying, but just watching the video of Tom made me <laughs> suspect. Am I cutting out again? No. No. No, no. Oh, Why? Though? You're just saying how uncomfortable he got when the question. Yeah. When, well, he says it. What I noticed early on, I, I'm going to watch that again too. When he said like, "Oh, what, was he that mf?" Or the guy said, and Tom pauses and he's like, "Can you? You can't say mf. Could you say mf?" Like he, you just yes. kind of change the subject almost. Yes. Shy away from so you, what like we're talking about. So, you, so you think he was trying to delay his answer, defer his answer by putting yeah. the attention back on the question? In my eyes, I thought Tom was like, 
Ryan, I thought he was like taken back almost about that even being referenced. But yeah, I think he wanted either either he truly was like taken back, like oh no, or he's a really good actor because if I was lying, that's yes. probably how I would handle it. Like, what? Oh, come. oh no, like, you just you don't really have an answer. Tom Brady is an incredible actor. Somebody said back in the office in the studio, oh, who was yeah. that? Oh, me. You didn't see him in Ted 2? He was uh, probably one of the best actors in that entire movie franchise series. Yeah, and I think that... <laughs> yeah, when they're trying to steal, his, steal, too, right? steal his jizz? Is steal, that his... Yes, when they're trying to steal his jizz, he threw the uh, football at him, or Ted at Mark Wahlberg. It was hysterical. You don't remember what that, the AJ? Fuck just happened. I don't know what's so happening a, right now. I got a couple text messages here. I think re- so. I got this new laptop because my phone is what I'm FaceTiming on. So I got this new laptop that has capability. It's obviously one that Steve Jobs thought of or whatever, you oh, know. Yeah. So my phone's connected. I get text messages on here, but it's just phone numbers. I don't have all the names for some reason. Whatever it is, I'm like. So I think Ian just said, "We'll come back as soon as I can." Apologies. Ooh, okay. big news. Good guy. Has then he posted also, anything yet? No, then he's also not. here. Yeah, so what's happening? Uh, Wale's people just called. Huh. Wale's on the show? Is that? Uh, supposedly at 135, I guess. I don't know. I just got a call from, like, his manager. So that was you sending that text? Yeah. The dirty 630. 630 number? Yeah, dirty 630. <laughs> <laughs> what's he, uh, what's so he what promoting? Are, is Wale on? Do you want him on or no? Sure. I mean, right. Wale is. I, I did not know Wale was going to be on today. <laughs> Me though. I don't think that was ever confirmed. That came out of. That was a left jab out of nowhere. <laughs> Fucking Wale, dude. You know who Wale is, AJ? I'll make the call. Yeah, of course. Should be sweet, man. I wonder if, is he does he have like a Mike Tyson grill or something? I mean, George Foreman. <laughs> no, he's he's got some new music coming out, AJ. I mean, no, okay, he's yeah, already got awesome. new music out actually, and it's a banger. The one song, I forget what it is. It's called Southern Something. It's very good. Uh, I, he's in the D.C. area. Let's assume he's a football team fan. And he's a big wrestling fan. Summer Slam's around the corner. I don't know what we're going to talk to him about, but I'm pumped about it. Did, yeah, I am too. I, I hope we st- we start having like different musicians coming on here that are promoting new albums and stuff. That'd be sweet, I think. It would be sweet. It would 100% yeah. be sweet. I think you're kind of... Throwing a little shade on Wall A potentially coming huh. on right now. You definitely like, absolutely are. not. No, yeah, yeah you are. Yeah, you I are. promise you are. I'm not. You are. Button I mean, it up, dude. One time. Button it up. Ty, did you 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 tighten up, dude? Ty, did you know Wall A was fucking coming on the show? Or? I did not. I saw it was in there, but I do recall uh, it was never confirmed nor denied. So I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Uh, the time was okay, also so, definitely two thirty. Okay, so, so Wall A coming on. I, sorry about that, Connor. He's got a new <laughs> song called Don Sauce, featuring, featuring Yella Beezy and. Maxo Cream, dude. And Maxo. When Maxo, yeah, when Maxo Cream gets on the track, everybody knows, like, that's yeah, a dream. Like crack, you know what I mean? I mean, Maxo <laughs> Dream really goes ham on the beat. We'll talk to Wale here in a few minutes, AJ Hawk. I know you're excited. Uh, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' press conference with Bob Domofsky as well. I don't think we've gotten your take on that. Bob Domofsky asking that question was beautiful, good comedy. And then Aaron saying, Bob, Jesus, is just great. You think this is how it's going to be all year? You think uh, you think people are going to potentially – I'm getting a call now from uh, Rappaport on my phone. All right. I... He did tweet. 
Will somebody call him back then? Why call, is he call him right me? now? <laughs> Rapsuit, <laughs> what did he call Rapsuit Zito? What is happening? <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting here solo. I have no clue what's happening. So I Rapport just FaceTime me. Uh, we'll wait for him. Let's FaceTime him back. Wale's manager just called Zito <laughs> in the middle of the show to get off. We'll have him on in about 10, 15 He's minutes on. or so. Uh, Rappaport, welcome back. What happened? What did we miss? Yeah, so apologies for that, guys. Uh, So Carl Lawson, who's one of the Jets' big free agent signings and one of the best players on the field for them all camp, is going to have an MRI on his Achilles uh, in a matter of minutes. This is according to me and my colleague Mike Garofolo. He was carted off. There has been no firm diagnosis. Obviously, you know if they are... MRIing the Achilles, it is not good. Um, he heard a pop, according to Garofolo, also not good. Um, we'll get you more as we know it, but, I mean, this is, I think, for the Jets, you know, an area they dressed in free agency with a player they love, and then to have him go down with a potentially serious injury, not not very good. Not very good. That's Ian Rappaport reporting, uh, senior NFL insider at NFL.com and NFL Network. Uh, your tweet read as such, Jets pass rusher Carl Lawson, uh, one of the Bay having an MRI on the Achilles for him. And if it's torn, Lawson would be out for the season. This isn't normally the Achilles isn't like, hey, we'll give him an MRI so we can figure out what's potentially happened. I don't think there is a lot going on in the Achilles uh, for you to have to go in and figure out what happened. If he heard a pop, absolutely devastating, uh, not only for the Jets, but also to Carl Lawson. Uh, T's and P's as that thing heals up. Let's go. We were talking uh, as you got interrupted and left on some NFL news there, not just Carl Lawson, but uh, what else is popping off around the NFL that we need to keep an eye on? Obviously, the Jamal Adams deal got done. What's the next kind of domino to fall in place in your eyes, you think, of these stories that have been lingering here for the last couple weeks, Ian? Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, Deshaun Watson is still out there, and, you know, his – Rusty Harden was in the news yesterday giving a press conference explaining why people are getting calls from the FBI, how Watson is not under investigation by the FBI, but uh, instead they're looking in apparently an extortion case involving one of his accusers, this according to uh, the lawyer, uh, sort of contradicting what Busby had said the other day. Um, You know, the Deshaun Watson situation you'd think would hopefully be settled before the season in some form or fashion. I know there are teams that would still want to trade for him. It seems the Texans are at least listening. You know, if he hasn't been practicing today, he was on a separate field with a trainer doing lunges. I mean, I, I, it's all very strange, but at some point they're going to cut down to the 53 man roster. And like, what are they going to do with their starting quarterback? Who's now their fourth string quarterback, you know? So I imagine something will happen around or before cutdown day. I just, I don't know for sure what it is, but again, I do know teams are interested in trading for him. What, what about the NFL? Don't they? Aren't they going? I assume they're investigating. Have you heard anything? Like, what kind of timeline would they have? Even if he clears it up, say the start of the season, would Goodell come down with something before? I don't know. Like, how long does that take? Yeah, I mean, if he is suspended, you know, it's possible it would end up being the season. But you know, like the legal stuff always takes so much longer than you think, right? Because the, the NFL, for instance, hasn't talked to Deshaun yet, right? Like, they, they will, but they haven't yet. Um, so usually he's last. So when, you, when he talks to them, that will probably be, um, you know, probably be the last domino there. I just, 
there's a there's a legal situation, there's a civil situation, then there's a league situation. Um, not everyone is talking to everyone, but these things take time. So, like, there is actually a possibility this will be unsettled this entire season. I would also say that, you know, the fact that the NFL has not put him uh, on the commissioner's exempt list makes me think that they are not going to. So whatever is going to happen to Deshaun Watson is probably going to be on the football field before we get to all the other stuff. Yeah, I don't know how that gets settled before anything could happen in the next 21 days before the season starts. I mean, that is... Agreed. There's a lot. We've been saying that since the beginning, but the fact that people are still interested is absolutely insane to me. Let's go up to Buffalo, you know, the home of Buffalo Wings. Oh, they're delicious. The Anchor Bar, Mm. Bill's Mafia. Oh, my God. One one of the most passionate fan bases in any sport, let alone just the NFL. They will brave winter and do insane things to support their team. They'll throw... uh, dildos on the field to let the, everybody know that they're potentially getting fornicated over by the refs. I mean, they are a city and a team that seem to be on the same page more than anywhere else. Josh Wait, Allen. I'm sorry. The per- Was that why they threw the the adult play toy or whatever? Yeah, it was an armadillo, okay, three-footer, <laughs> double-sided. The reason why I was throwing, I think, because they were getting screwed on both ends. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> the drunk that threw it from Bill's Mafia probably has a much better reason. That's what I thought it was. But nonetheless, wow, makes the Bill's Mafia and the Bills seem to be on the same page, more so than everywhere <laughs> else. Josh Allen is the perfect representation of Buffalo, it feels like. Hard-working guy from a small town. Loves they're leaving Buffalo. Everybody's saying they're going to Austin. Brandon Bean was on the show last week. General Mandry said, We love Buffalo, we can't wait to, for the future in Buffalo. Is this all leverage right here? They're saying they want a billion dollars from Buffalo, New York, or they're out of there. How's this going to pan out? Yeah, I mean, it feels to me. I, let me say this if it is leverage, uh, it would be like most of these stadium situations, like in. Very few instances does, hey, let's maybe move to Austin, get floated, and then it actually happens. Now, we did have a couple teams move to L.A. I would say that would be, you know, a little bit different. Um, But it feels to me like just a way to tell Buffalo, um, hey, like, if you don't want us, we got some other places. Now, would Jerry Jones allow another team in Texas? I am not so sure about that. Because remember, there was talk at some point about, San Antonio, and I don't, I don't know that Jerry Jones would would really want another team in Texas. I think Texas is the Cowboys, and he would probably make sure that and he's got enough power to step in and say, "Yeah, I think I'm going to have my say here." So we could talk about Austin, which I do love. Austin's a great place. Um, I just, I don't know that it's, I don't know how real it is right now. I also know that, like a lot of owners, um, they're trying to get the city to foot some of the bill. And the best way to do that is to make sure that the city, you know, make sure the city thinks you might be able to leave. Yeah, you got to hold them hostage. You know, hold their happiness hostage. You know, that's what you got to do. It, it was alleged that Ursay would get a helicopter and fly over L.A. whenever he was trying to get a new stadium in Indianapolis. And then all of a sudden, boom, Lucas Oil Stadium got put up like the next week. And I think there's only like a year-to-year rental fee that Jim has to pay. The team brings so much to the city. The teams know that, you know. I just, 
I don't know how I feel whenever you ask for public money and it's a private business and there's billions. That thing can get ugly. I hope Buffalo remains the home of the Bills because it's a beautiful thing. Last question before we yeah. let you go break some more news. Ian, I think it comes from Connor about tonight's big-time preseason game, Patriots-Eagles. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, massive game tonight, Rap Sheet. Can we expect Mac Jones to start tonight or are we going to have the same song and dance with Cam Newton doing two series and everyone just waiting for Mac and then everyone cheering way harder when he comes in? <laughs> uh, I liked all the reports this week. Of, I think it was my friend Tom Curran who said it's not actually Mac versus Cam, it's Mac versus Mac. Uh, so he's competing against himself for the starting quarterback job. Um, I think it's probably going to be Cam. No, it's the Patriots, so who knows. But I think it's probably going to be Cam starts, plays a little bit, and then Mac Jones. I, I will say this. As good as he looked last week, I know it's the preseason. I know. Every time I talk about the preseason, I have to say it's the preseason. But he looked together. Um, yeah. The Patriots look like they got someone who's pretty. Now, I've been fooled before. Garofalo and Pelissero last week when, uh, what was, oh, it was when Trey Lance was throwing bombs in the preseason were just sending me all my old tweets about great preseason performances. There's a couple great Ryan Mallett tweets in there. Um, there's a couple of Gabbert tweets, I believe, as well. Um, so I'm always a little Super Bowl cautious. champion. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Super minute, champion, yeah. Mike Gabbert. You were right with what you said. If you said he was great, yeah. that guy's an absolute killer on the field. On, yeah, some team, sure. Um, but anyway, Jacksonville, oh, Jacksonville sucked whoa. the life out of the guy. What the fuck no, was he supposed he to do to the, for the Jaguars? He went to the yet. title game with Jacksonville. I was, I was a fan. Then they gave him that little extension. I thought that was a nice deal. Anyway, yeah, but um, I mean, playing Gabbert, I got a chance to meet him. He's a guy, <laughs> by the way, you would want to hang out with. I've seen him. You know, at his best and at his most loose, which I think the whole world has. I love Blaine Gabbert. I think different situation, a lot better. He's a Super Bowl champion. I didn't know it was your Ryan Mallett tweets that had the internet attack me when I said Mac Jones doesn't appear that he's going to stink. They're like, oh, it's the same thing we said about Ryan Mallett, blah, blah, blah. It's Patriots hate syndrome. They got to do what they got to do. Can't wait to watch that. Thank you so it's much. Tough to, for it's jo- tough to hate Mac Jones. I will say that. He is a he is a good dude. And you, you would like to have a beer or two with that guy. I Hell say yeah. That. Hey, I've seen him after a couple beers. His photos aren't great, but I do know, like, mine neither. You know what I mean? <laughs> mine neither. Ladies and mine, gentlemen. Mine neither. Yeah, insider for the NFL, Ian Rappaport. Thank yeah! you. And joining us, quite a surprise. I am very excited about this. Ladies and gentlemen, recording artist Stud. Lyrical genius, lyricist, big-ass brain, new song, Down South and Angles are out now, ladies and gentlemen, Wale. Hey, Down South slanging, hanging with these hustlers, absolute (laughs) banger, man. You, you, uh, I love whenever you go and put in work and release new music. I hope you continue to do this forever. How did it feel to get in there with Angles and Down South, and how's the ride at this stage of your career? It feels good, man. You know, it feels good to be outside, literally. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm just getting back in the mix. Um, this weekend, obviously, SummerSlam. Had a chance to see you at Rolling Loud. You came out with the Street Profits. You actually do Big E's intro song, though, which is a banger. I think that was a miss on our part there. How did your relationship with the WWE come to be? And will you be at SummerSlam this weekend? Uh, um, started off with my guy, Neil Lowey, who does the music over there. You know, he always looks out for me. But um, 
I'm headed to Vegas today, actually. Me too, man. What do you you got any <laughs> performances out there? Um, I'm having a party, but the check ain't clear yet, so I ain't I don't know where that. I'll post I'll post it I'll post it this this afternoon for sure. That's that's amazing. What uh, we know you're from the the DC area, right? Are you a Washington fan? And what do you think about of this? Of course. Uh, what do you think about yeah. the names, man? Do you have an idea what you want? Man, I saw what they said is like the 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 last like two or three uh, options. I don't know. I'm not crazy about them, but it's it's gonna take some getting used to, regardless. You know what I mean? Did you like the Washington football team? It kind of be, it be, kind of became catchy last season. Would you? It did. Would you it really did. <laughs> like. It's the, like I like football club. I like football team. It's like sophisticated, you know what I mean. But you know they're gonna let their jokes fly. I'm sure the Dolphins sounded crazy at first. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Dolphins, Dolphins are still like, a team name, you know. You said what? The Pelicans are still a team name. That's so what I'm I mean, saying. Like you know, everything ain't got to be. You know, we sophisticated. We the Washington football team. <laughs> we the football team. Y'all not Bears for real. Are you a cult? No, you're a part of a football team. That's what we are. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Wale. Uh, just found out big Washington football team fan. We should have known that, obviously, from the D.C. area. Hey, almost got a playoff win over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay I mean, Buccaneers. Heineke, with Heineke. Heineke he, made, he made something special happen. That we gave Tom his hardest, hardest uh, challenge in the, uh, in the playoffs. You know? That was a crazy – that was a, that would have been a really, really big upset because we won like 79 last year. They ain't had I no mean, tape every- on Heineke, though. They ain't had no tape on Heineke, so he was giving them problems. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, everybody in the NFC East stunk last year. You guys stunk the least. There's a chance that the Washington football team goes on a run, Wale. They need a banger, though. Can we not get a Washington football team just theme song, maybe, from Wale? Or they, <laughs> they don't have enough money. It might be in the tuck. It might be in the tuck already. Ooh. Whoa. I like this. I like this. Um, you're a lyricist, big ass brain. You know, ambition is a motivating song. Uh, you every time you kind of get in there and write, good things happen. When did you know this was going to be your your future? Have you been doing this your whole life? Man, um, you know, I play I play uh, football in college at Robert Morris up in um, Western Pennsylvania. Like you know, oh, yeah. and I was always like, even in high school, I was always rapping with different bands and doing my thing. And then when I transferred to Virginia State. You know, I have, I got into a situation with the coach, and then I just was like, you know what? Let me just go to my local college and just see what I can do with the music stuff in it. And it popped off, you know? I remember uh, uh, I skipped my finals to go meet Jay-Z when he was at Def Jam. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm done with the school shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. Were you meeting Jay-Z? What, was that what you expected? Also, how did you, how'd you find a way to separate yourself? I think we all know a lot of people that are – that'll write lyrics and they say they're writing songs and everything or even like screenwriters and they can't like break through how'd you break through um i mean i just kind of stuck true to myself it was like it was heavy on the gangster rap like when 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 i was trying to break through and i just stuck to myself and i you know i do i had a fan base just off of like sneaker the sneaker culture and stuff like that and um you know i just had my own wave and i think that i think jay and mark ronson and them they took a liking to that and then i really had i had like the biggest record on the radio back home and this was like i don't know 2004 or something like that what was the song it was a go-go record it was called dig dub and it was like it was just it was just tearing up the clubs 
And then I did my rap stuff on the side, like the hardcore, you know, lyrical stuff too. So, you know, I just stuck to my gun. Uh, it's worked out. I appreciate what your brain has brought into my life throughout different periods. Um, whenever you decide I'm going to be a rapper full time and I'm going to kind of commit to this, that's a massive decision. Was there any time where you thought you made the wrong move? Have you gotten sick of any of the business at all? Have you felt, have you hated the Every business day. at times? Every day. This day you know, <laughs> fame is not, fame is not for the week. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gotta have thick skin, you know what I'm saying? But you know, every from time to time, I'd be like, man, my, you know, is this could I could I have been Elon Musk? You know what I'm saying? Could I have done something like, you know, invented something or you know, got in the film earlier or whatever? You know, I question it from time to time. You smoke uh, massive amounts of marijuana? Um, yes, it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a state where it's legal as well. Uh, I don't. Not all of them are, though. Is that a part of your writing process? What do you do when you go into the studio? Are you all just I, high I as enjoy, hell? I enjoy. I enjoy an adult beverage, maybe, maybe some uh, plant, and you know, I just let the beat talk to me. I guess. <laughs> I know that's that sounds like really artistry. Artistry. <laughs> that's really. That's really what I do. Uh, go ahead, Diggs. Uh, well, I, I was just going to ask you because I went to Duquesne. You just said you went to Bobby Moe, which is right down the street. Pain, yes. I play with a lot of dudes who were from PG County, too. Like, why is it that that was, like, the hotbed recruiting for Western it PA was, was PG County? Yeah, it was a lot of guys at Duquesne and Pitt. Pitt, Duquesne, and Robert Morris that was from around the way. I don't know. I, that's a good question because the recruiting is more spread out now. And, like, I just remember back then, like, there was not that many, like, Guys going to Clemson and Nick Saban going to like a regular Montgomery County school to go find somebody. Like, yeah, we're getting five star guys coming out of PG and Montgomery now. So, I don't know. It's a little different. Did you ever go out in the south side of Pittsburgh? Nah. <laughs> there, there was a club called Lager, though, that we used to go to. I don't know what part of Pittsburgh that was, but it felt like belly. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that feeling as well. I mean, that is kind of what Pittsburgh is at this point. Go ahead, Ty. Well, uh, at the start of COVID, I feel like uh, these versus battles like really started to take off. Have you been approached by them at all, or is there anyone like you'd like to get in there and cut it up with? <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to Swiss and them, man, and Timberland. They they legends. But I don't think I don't know if that's I don't think that's my thing. Hey, how's it work with like features? Do you do you have to do songs with people you like? Does your label make you do stuff? Do you just reach out to people in the DMs, or do, are you Sometimes kind of away from features? Sometimes it's strictly business. Sometimes it's strictly business. You know, right now, like I'm I'm kind of like embarrassed because it's like I have like 15 features that I have to do like for friends, and it's like, man, I ain't been. I just you know when I got sick, I got the COVID, then I had pneumonia, and I haven't been like really writing music since then. You know, but that feature list is long. So, you know, I'll be feeling bad when I can't do stuff for my friends. Well, I'm sure they'll understand you almost fucking died twice. The crazy thing is some don't. They be like, yeah, man, your lungs are all right. Okay, cool. Uh, come to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Does the uh, creativity come in waves? Does it hit you at certain times? Like, will you be able to write an entire song or album in a couple hours and then some days you can't write shit? Yeah, exactly. 
And now I just been to be honest, it's been like a month since I wrote anything that I like. Like it was like, all right, yeah, let me use this. So like when I watched Eight Mile, Eminem said, "Crimple it out." Not good enough. You guys do that. That happens on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, especially when I when you overthink like I do. Oh, so you think it's fire? Get high, get sober, get high, reread it. This stinks. Back and forth. Yep. Oh, uh, like, don't nah. beat yourself up, Wale. Let him live. We need to hear it. <laughs> I'm going to let him fly soon. <laughs> all right. That's awesome. Good luck with all of that. Congrats on surviving pneumonia, COVID, potential writer's block. It's great to have you back <laughs> down south on all the platforms. is unbelievable. Keep creating and uh, very thankful for everything you've done, Wale. When you get back in the ring. Okay, so that's the thing. You, you're saying I look like I'm in shape, huh? Is that what you're saying? No, nah, I mean, you know, you, you put a great, you put a five-star classic on with Adam Cole. So, yeah. You know. Hey, pretty good, huh, Wale? I mean, I, I mean, I lost, obviously made an amateur rookie mistake by kicking the stairs. Shouldn't have done that, but I should have got a win there. I know. And now we're trying to see you, we, we're trying to see you in the Royal Rumble this year. The streets need it. Hey, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would do, I would do the manager thing for you, but you already, you probably one of the best talkers in the business, so you, you good. <laughs> Listen, if I could have Wale near me at any time, I'm fucking with. It. <laughs> I, I want to let you know that, ladies I'm and gentlemen. I'm trying to heal it up, man. What's up? I'm trying to heal it up. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, go listen to Down South and Angles uh, with Wale. We can't thank you enough for joining us. This has been a pleasant surprise. Anytime you want to come back on to promote anything, you let us know. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. See you in Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Wale. Yeah, Wale! Hey. It's awesome. That was sweet. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like we did okay there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I didn't great. ask him about 90210. Oh. Call him back. <laughs> yeah, call him back like right now. With, I don't know if we're <laughs> like that with him. Or we not, I don't know if we're <laughs> like that. He did see the match, though. AJ, you saw it. He complimented me. That was good yeah. news. You could have came in there and saved me a couple times, but yeah. What know. did he say? He yeah. called it a fight. Yeah, he put on a five star match. Is that what he said? Damn right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a big deal in the wrestling community, which Wale is a part of the wrestling community. You know, is they give out grades on matches and everything like that. And it's, I mean, rookie of the year, whatever. No big deal. <laughs> The issue is, the issue is, it was with a scumbag, you know. So like yeah, we right. heard him, he had to say the scumbag's name there. Oh, Adam Cole, like you yeah. know, like once again, yeah. little scumbag gets a little, you know, a little rub from the guy here. Well, that's how it goes. Is Adam Cole still around for you to even wrestle if you want to? Well, the internet has been alive with that. I don't think anybody really knows, but I do know Ty, Nick, Connor, and Adam Cole had a little bit of a scrum on the internet the other night. And Ty, I want to let you know, I appreciate you, Ty. Hashtag, thank you, Ty. Hey, no problem. I mean, the guy's walking around with his chest puffed out. It's like, listen, pal, you don't have to be a sack of shit all the time. We know you are when you're on TV, but, you know, on your personal time on Twitter, you don't have to be doing this kind of stuff. Just a liar, sack of shit, bad guy. And somehow, even after he attacked Connor, yeah. and he attacked Nick, AJ's like, oh, this is a good guy. This is a good guy. This He's guy. not. He's not, yeah, AJ. Hey, every interaction I've had was, was very positive with Adam Cole. It's because you're Everyone? a scumbag, too. Every time I had an interaction with him. I think, Ty, though, if, Ty, if you're going to go at him on Twitter, you better just go jump all in, man. Get personal. Make it real. You're talking he about did. He, he did. He did make it real. I kicked the no, guy's soul like, out of his body. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think did you Ty read the goddamn really thing. Open it up. This guy can't with Ty's, can't read with a Ty's big either. brain, he could really come up with some great insults. I think Ty is smart enough to really get into it. Yeah.
Oh, AJ, enough with playing both sides of the fence. Yeah. All right. You're either on Team Moss or Team Adam Cole. AJ. Choose now. I don't. I do not have to choose. That's not choose. 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 We interrupt this conversation because we we got to talk about Dayton for a minute. Listen, you're not 22 anymore, and that's a good thing. If you like someone, they'll know. If you don't, they'll know. You know what you want, and you're over the bullshit, and that's okay. Maybe you've been thinking, hey, emotionally mature is actually kind of hot now. You realize that you don't have to agree on everything, and six texts sent back-to-back is totally cool. And that really is what it's all about. Why are you wasting your time? You know, you, you got enough things that are occupying your time. If you know what you want, you might as well go get it. Young Love was great, but dating is a fully formed, emotionally mature human that's on a whole different level. So I have a proposition for you. Download the Match app today, and you can message your top matches for free. That's right, for free. A lot of these other places, they're going to reel the bait out there. You're going to get in, and then, you know, there's a paywall. You got to put more time and effort into finding that person that you want to be with. The Match app lets you message your top matches for free. Match. Adults date better back to the show uh tom brady said and this is why tom brady is tom brady and why the greats are great i know adam vinatieri had very similar mindset on things and anybody that is successful at anything has this mindset hey what i've done last year and the years past mean absolutely nothing to what's going to happen in this next season what i did yesterday means nothing today you have to show up every single day and earn it And every single time we get a chance to kind of listen to tom kind of explain why tom brady's tom brady i think we should take it in i like that he's here seven super bowls into this thing greatest of all time gonna be a hall of famer and he's like hey nothing i've done matters at all tomorrow that's a mindset you have to have because nothing's given to you aj well that's the mindset that all these coaches from a young age until their NFL guys will preach all the time, like, oh, it doesn't matter what you did. And coaches always get – the more you win, the more nervous coaches are because they don't want to let this thing slip. They don't want to go back and, and go back to what it was before this. And they're – yeah, they, they get puckered up, man, and it's, it's tough. You can always see it the weeks of – like leading up to big games especially, it happens. If you've gone on a run, you're one, four or five games in a row, they're going to sit there and hold on so tight, and it's going to be uh, – you're going to – be battling in practice a little bit, but I think when you hear Tom say it, and you're like, oh, well, this guy, yeah, of course he says it, but we get to watch him live it in front of us and watch him win all these Super Bowls, and he's he's saying all the right things, but a lot of people say the right things, and then they take breaks and don't really, they don't really follow through or execute everything they say. It feels like Tom probably is doing more than he's saying even, usually. So so I, that was like the Edron James, the Edron James Hall of Fame speech was awesome for a lot of reasons, but the one I enjoyed was like, he was talking about his secret weapon is he would drink cranberry juice at the club. He'd drive everybody home, and then at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., he would legitimately go to the gym. And Jim Ursay actually said, like, this guy working at all hours of the night. And Jim almost said, like, no bullshit. Like, this is not like, uh, hey, this is what's happened. His secret weapon was he was working. And I think that fear that you're going to lose it or, hey, nothing that I've done before matters right now, that fear can really drive you. I feel like I'm one of the most positive people of all time. When I would jog on the field to do my job, I was thinking, like, hey, it's going to be the biggest ball ever. Like, this is going to be the greatest punt to ever happen. Like, that was actual thoughts I'm telling myself. But sometimes it was hard not to be like, 
fourth quarter, I've had like four or five great punts, all one inside the 20. It's like, hey, I'm putting together maybe the greatest game I've ever had. Like, could ruin it all right here, though. Like, you know, like it could ruin it all right here if you do that. That type of thing about nothing you've done before means anything in the current moment is so real. And I don't think enough people really realize it. You know, I don't think enough people truly like, hey, that you have to perform every single day. When you're at the top, you have to be able to perform every single day at a high level. And everybody just expects it because the way video games are, it's nice hearing Tom Brady's be like, nah, like, I could stink tomorrow forever. I got to remember that. Aaron's press conferences are awesome. Tom's press conferences are awesome. We're in a new era. People seem to be talking a lot more, a lot more relatable. I fucking love it. I think it's awesome. But also, if you're, say you're Tom Brady or you're Aaron or these studs that everybody knows, everybody you're playing against is looking forward to playing against you. Hey, guess what? Like, they're not going to sit there and just be in awe and be intimidated and give you a pass. Like, they're, they're probably going harder because they know, like, Hey, if I can pick off Tom Brady, this is a big deal. I'm getting that ball. I'm going to try to get him to sign it. Like, they, they're all doing that. So they know as well, like, everybody, although they have the ultimate amount of respect for you, they also need to up their game. They're not going to just let you walk all over them. Hey, by the way, there was a pick in one-on-ones at the Titans-Buccaneers practice. A DB jumped a route that Tom threw. It was like a drag route across in one-on-ones, by the way, which is fascinating wide receiver in corner. <laughs> threw a pick. As soon as that ball got intercepted, that thing was tweeted out. This guy just picked off Tom Brady. That guy's keeping that practice ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's probably asking for that thing to get signed. I mean, that is what you have to do. I think Pat Anger, he either got an interception from Peyton or Tom or maybe both. I forget. But as soon as he caught it, literally as he's jogging his size, I'm fucking, this ball's going in the office. It's fucking Peyton Manning or whatever. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is a big deal. That's a, that's a real, everybody's trying to get you everybody's trying to get you whenever you're at that top there. Connor, you're somebody who has to understand this because you've been at the top for so long. Sure. What are your thoughts now you're learning more about Tom Brady as a Buccaneer than you ever did whenever he was at the Patriots? Well, I mean, I think, and I have learned a lot too from reading the book, The Dynasty, that came out last year, and I think it was kind of like an Aaron Rodgers situation almost, where you have this uh, like idea before, and then once they come out and speak on it, it's like, oh, okay, I can sort of understand that. Like, I hated Tom Brady for a long time after after he left New England. And then when you kind of just dig he deeper. just left. Oh, yeah. Well, it's felt like a decade, Pat. I mean, it might as well be 10 NFL seasons when you go 7-9 and nine when you're used to going to 12-4 and four every year. But, I mean, you just kind of you understand, like, yeah, Brady probably should have had much more say than he did. And you just kind of almost have to not – honor it but respect the fact that he is the greatest that's why when the buccaneers you know won the super bowl and some may say tampa connor was you know birth uh i liked seeing it because of the fact that it's like hey it's a guy you've rooted for your entire life and now he still has success after clearly the greatest of all time but going back to what uh brady actually said with the you know there's no aspect of what i've done last year that means anything that's like when rob ninkovich talked about bill belichick and the contract negotiations like hey you might have had 10 sacks last year but you know what have you done for me lately what are you going to be next year and i think that kind of factors into why those two got along for so or got along together for so long because of the fact that they had the same mindset that like, hey, we could have won the Super Bowl last year, but if we don't win it this year, then who gives a shit? That's so Tom echoing basically Bill's sentiments or Bill echoing Tom's sentiments, whatever the case, those coaches cliches, man, you don't realize, I think until you leave football, you'll come to a situation and it's like, 
All right, what what was a bullshit cliche that I probably made fun of Chuck for saying? And it's like, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. It's like, okay, I'll be. Like, you know, you kind of those that coach talk, like Bill saying, nothing you've done before means anything today. I'm yeah. not paying you for what you've done, by the way. I'm paying you for what we think you're going to do. All those cliches that you hear from these coaches, I mean, you start echoing them yourself almost in your day-to-day. It's just kind of part of being in the football world, I think. Well, don't you think? I don't know if you had this. Like in college, we would find we would we would joke around and sarcastically say a lot of the coaches' sayings. Like a lot of the assistants always had their own little sayings, and we would use them on each other, our teammates. And it was always funny, and you'd say it as a joke, and then eventually it just became serious. Like then we were we were, <laughs> and it just okay, yeah, this is what we say now, and it's not we're not sarcastically using it anymore. Yeah, it is. It's mocked, and cliches are mocked by the media, too. You know, like, oh, here comes another cliche machine or whatever. It's like, well, cliches are a cliche for a reason because they're normally pretty true. And although coaches seem to fall back on them on a regular basis, I think they do it because it's like a tried and tested way of saying something that they are trying to get across. I I just – I literally – think of the cliches that coaches have yelled at me in so many different situations now throughout my it's almost become like my way of thinking you know it's like that's it's crazy like the fucking po- crazy the pointing fingers one that uh rich rod yeah. said to you i yeah. mean that one's gold i feel like that's one even though it's a cliche that i never heard until you said it it's like oh yeah i'm gonna use that going forward no matter what hey listen Right, well, well, that was Chuck. That wasn't Rich Rod. Oh, Rich Rod, deep southern. No, no, I'm saying my accent. <laughs> hey, every time you point a finger, there's three point or three fingers pointing back at you, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess you're okay. So I got to do that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. I love. It. Hey, it's funny though. Oh, <laughs> does Rich Rod know he's funny? Days and days. What's up? Does he know it? Does he know that he's funny, Pat? Rich Rod. Yeah. At this point, he has to. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think he knew at the time, like when he was. Being, I, I wonder if I helped him realize that the shit he does and the way he acts is hysterical. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if I wonder if I helped him realize that because there's a guy so competitive, so 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 competitive, and he's like, if you're not going to be at my level of competition, and how much if you don't want to win as bad as I do, get the Get your fucking ass off of my fucking field. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like crazy. It's crazy. I would assume he, uh, did he did he coach his assistants hard too? He seems like one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend, one of my friends, I won't say his name, you know, because he told me the story and I don't want anybody to get angry about it. But one of my friends who was a teammate and roommate of mine in college had red hair. He, uh, so he, he just kind of dialed it in there pretty tightly. He wanted to be an assistant coach at Arizona whenever he went out there because he loved his uh, defensive coordinator who was coaching out there. He blew out both of his shoulders. He's a really good middle linebacker, big. 6364 could move very athletic, was academic all-American genius. I think he has like four degrees from a farm, hardworking guy. He could handle just about any drug too, which made me like him a lot. You know, he was he was fucking awesome guy, like incredible guy. Thought he would have been great in the NFL. Gets injured, and uh, you know, so he goes down the coaching thing. Goes into coaching. He's coaching now at Rich Rod's, you know, leadership. He's now under Coach Rod's, you know, umbrella. And we all told him like, yeah, it's a wild move. You're going in there on a day to day or whatever. I guess a situation occurred where on the sideline. Reed was either calling in signals or something for the linebackers, and he was standing on the thick paint, you know, on the sideline. 
and Rich was pacing back and forth, I guess, you know. And I guess one of his rules is you can't be in front of, of like, you know, like, hey, you better be behind. So I guess there was a scene, and this was not told to me by Reed. It was told to me by another coach. But I had to ask Reed about it. It, it was Reed, by the way. <laughs> so his name's Reed. So he's standing there giving signals. And I guess people could see that Reed saw Coach Rod. Okay, so he, he knew Coach Rod was potentially pacing his way. Rich Rod knew that he saw him as well. So it was Rich was coming down seeing, I think, if Reed would back up or whatever as, you know, so that Rich Rod could do whatever. And Reed, I guess, did not back down. Reed stood his ground, you know. And there was a little bit of a stare-off, I guess, that happened on the sideline. And then he kind of walked away. And I guess everybody thought there was potentially going to be a full-blown fist fight uh, <laughs> between Reed and Rich Rod on the sideline. But I guess Rich actually respected it. Allegedly, Rich uh, respected it, but I don't know exactly what it's like to be his coach, but I assume there is a lot of accountability. There's a lot of, you know, hey, you better be here 20 to 25 minutes before this fucking meeting's supposed to start, or I will run your ass all out of this town. Yeah, he is. He plays no fucking games, that guy. He might change, I don't know, but what a wild time to be alive. Hey, Pat. Yeah, buddy. You guys were talking about earlier with fights between the Bucks and the Titans. Well, uh, Practice has just been called between the Rams and the Raiders because of too many fights today. Okay, so the Rams and Raiders decide it's time to bail from their joint practice here on this beautiful Thursday. Fascinating thing to me is um, the Rams complimented the Raiders. They said, hey, this ain't like the 2019 Raiders team that we practiced with. This team looks like they're a little bit more bought in. They believe. They're confident. Then somebody else said they've taken on the characteristics of their coach, John Gruden. So although we from the outside looking in at the Raiders organization have a lot of questions, especially with the amount of people that are quitting and getting cut and then the turnover and what is John like, what is he not like. they got 10 years to get this right. Is Derek Carr the guy? I mean, there's a lot of questions looking in. The Rams say from being within the building with them in these joint practices in practice, they look like a completely different team than they did, and it's in a good way. But that does not mean we can just fucking fight every other goddamn time. <laughs> Enough with the fight. We'll practice alone is what they said over there, A.J. Hawk. Well, don't you think that uh, Raiders, like John Gruden and Raiders fans, should feel pretty good about the, the Rams complimenting them saying, hey, they're, they're kind of taking on the persona of their head coach, John Gruden. I mean, Gruden. I'm sure is absolutely juiced to hear this. And all, well, he has Hunter Renfro talking to the media, declaring how good he is and going against Jalen and everything. Like Hunter Renfro, I've never heard the guy speak. He's a great player, though. Like, is he going to start talking now? I love it. Okay, I don't know if John Gruden sent Hunter Renfro out there to talk <laughs> shit on Jalen. And I don't know, by the way, if Hunter Renfro was talking shit on Jalen. But I, this is something that – and I'm happy he you brought that up. He was complimenting Jalen. He was complimenting, hey, if I can beat him, I can beat anybody. Like, Jalen's the best. Like, he's that good. So this is what I think happened, okay? So at practice, believe it or not, guys on the field, they don't have their phones. You know what I mean? So, like, guys that are actually at practice in a training camp, they have no idea what's potentially going viral at any given moment by any fan in the stand that would potentially film something, record something, any media member. For instance, I'm assuming Hunter Renfro had no idea that he was viral for beating Jalen Ramsey in a rep. I, I, he probably got, went into that press conference, and maybe the PR person told him, like, hey, you're currently going viral for beating Jalen Ramsey in a rep or whatever. But in my eyes, he went in there, and somebody goes, 
hey, the whole internet's real excited about you beating Jalen, blah, blah, blah. So I think maybe he was even taken back. It was like, yeah, yeah, maybe he beat me too, he said. It was like one of those entire things. And then Jalen saw the internet overreacting to a training camp rep in practice getting beat. Y'all funny, he said, basically, get the hell out of here. This is the, y'all enjoy y'all day, though, okay, because I know who I am. Even the haters, I still hope you enjoy your day and go make some money. I can't believe that y'all, in quotes, believe half the BS that people say for clicks. Y'all got to know at this point and do better than that, LOL. It's all love. I ain't going to pop my shit. But I just know I'm really the chosen one out here. Thank you, God. Because he loses in a rep in practice. The internet goes viral for it. And now Hunter's got to answer questions. Jalen's speaking up for himself. But that's what happens when you're the guy. And that's what happens when people are interested in your life. When you're the guy, and also, like, it also is just another example of how popular NFL football is. Like, I don't know if we have Raj to thank or whatever, but we're sitting there, and a guy in practice wins a one-on-one rep, but who knows what the rep even looks like, what it was. Like, who knows what Jalen's working on, and he goes on and feels like he has to respond to one rep that happened in training camp 20-some days before the season starts. (laughs) Well, and by the way, that one rep might have been – what 70 plays ago in practice they probably had 10 different situations since then and they're like oh when hunter renfro beat you and he's like hunter renfro when the, f- when the yeah. hell did that happen because it's like that richard sherman thing at the yeah. niners yeah we, we talk about this what was it marquise goodwin yeah i, I think it was marquise goodwin Blew by him at the 49ers training camp or whatever and this was after richard sherman negotiated his own deal and Sherm, by the way, we're all pulling for you to get through your battles that you're in right now. The NFL is a much better place whenever you're healthy and feeling good. We're all pulling for you. But he was like, maybe working on something. You know, practice. Maybe I'm trying to get better. Jalen might have tried something different with his leverage in hundred, like whatever the case in practice. It's called practice. How many times do I tell you this? It's called practice. You're you're going to work on things that are not going to work. That's how you know if they work or not. So that's people forget that sometimes. We're not. They're out here working on what hopefully I can take to the game and throwing away what might not. Isn't it the amount of confidence you have to have, though, you know, to work on something? And that's the only time to do it is at practice, especially a joint practice. Hey, let me see if my bullshit I've been thinking about (laughs) and working on will work against somebody that hasn't seen it yet or whatever. And then all of a sudden you lose the rep and the entire Internet's like, this guy stinks. (laughs) Run him out of town. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just... It's a different era now that every single rep can be seen by literally every human on earth that has internet. So it's a shame the Amish can't see all these things. But nowadays, you can get God at any given time. At Boston Connor, living underneath the rim, you say, you can get God every once in a while. What are your thoughts on tonight's Patriots-Eagles game? Jalen Hurts playing? Mac Jones playing? Are you betting on this alongside the hammer down, boys? What's your mindset going into tonight? I'm definitely betting on it, and naturally I'm betting on the Patriots. But really the biggest thing, especially when Rapshi came on here and had to leave, you can't have any injuries. Like my, Especially after last week when Matthew Judon almost got his leg taken off of his body. It's just like, hey... Go out there, you know, try and make some plays, maybe work on some stuff like you guys were just talking about in practice, but don't be throwing your body around to the point where you're going to miss the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. Let's stay up, let's be healthy, and let's watch Mac Jones throw 85-yard touchdowns the entire game. Excited to see Mac Jones potentially take the next step. I enjoyed his poise, his confidence. Excited to see what Cam Newton does as well Mm -hmm. because, remember, he is still – the starter, even though he told Tommy Kern that everybody knows 
the deal there. Tone Diggs, uh, COVID Cowboy at Bubba Gumpino, the Hammered Down Boys. They go live 15 minutes after this show ends every single day at youtube.com forward slash hammer. Down. Diggs, Gumpy, what's the play tonight on this preseason game? Do you guys know anything? Are we making any safe bets? The under is always in play, huh? Yeah, I'm morally obligated to take the under after it going 14-2 and two last weekend. Total being 38. I am a little worried. The Eagles were one of the only two games to go over last weekend. And against the Steelers, they let uh, Dewey Haskins go 16-22. of 22. Mason go 8 of 9, and then Dobbs go 5 of 6. So I'm a little worried about the Eagles' defense. So I might sprinkle potential uh, minus 1 Patriots as well. But I was worried because I was listening to a press conference. I think it was a press conference, and Sirianni guaranteed that he would win his next football game. (laughs) So I am slightly concerned about that. He actually did that? I might have been in here. <laughs> yeah, might have been time. Uh, might have been deep fake. <laughs> could have been, could have been deep fake. I'm not sure, but that's the only worry there. At Papa Gumpy, no Gumpy, the hottest gambler on earth. Are you betting on this preseason game? Or are you just sticking with baseball because that's where the hot stick's been? <laughs> no, I'm going to take the Patriots money line. I feel like Mac Jones is going to play a lot again tonight. Okay. I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. They say Jalen Hurts is looking good, but besides that, ah, uh, I just see the Patriots winning this one. Oh yeah, Ham- hammered down, boys. No stone unturned. That's why you guys have such great bets and odds and records and numbers. We appreciate you doing that. Have either of you gone to the hottest NFL gambler in the office and asked him his thoughts? Because that's what I want to know. Evan Foxy. Foxy, what's going to happen tonight in this preseason game? This is your thing. Preseason football is where you shine, pal. Yeah, I'm an absolute fire, and it's funny. about the Lions, Foxy. Connor walked in this morning, and the first thing he said to me was that someone on the Patriots was going to get hurt. I'm worried. So there's already bad juju on the Patriots' side. And I just looked at this money line. You got the Eagles at plus 105, and Diggs said they scored a lot of points last week. You got to hammer Eagles' money line tonight. I think that is an absolute lock. I said I gave up a lot. Gumpy, is that what you're doing? No, I'm on Patriots. Thank you, Fox. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, you're saying that the fade Foxy train still plays. It's got to come back at some point, Pat. He already cursed the Lions forever. He already cursed the Lions in game one of MCDC's career. Oh, true. Hey, Anthony Lynn needs to. Yes, (laughs) he does. Tighten up. I went into uh, one of our linebackers' houses my rookie year in the NFL to potentially take off to the clouds with his teammate at <laughs> four. And there was a football offense for dummies uh, book there that this linebacker read. And it helped him, you know, decipher what plays were coming. And uh, this said linebacker is one of the most electrifying humans that I have ever heard in my entire life. I think Foxy has read that book. I think Foxy is now our sharp when it comes to football Let's go. Thank you, Pat. You've always had my back. And it cost me. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it did. It did. It cost me a lot of money, but it feels like you're putting preseason parlays together, Foxy. I mean, you're fucking crushing it right now. Eagles tonight. Let's go. All right, we'll bet on the Eagles. The Eagles-Stillers game is on right now mm-hmm. on the TV behind me here, NFL Network. I've been watching the punting and the plays. Joe, sweet feet, quick feet. Flacca. Oh, footsteps? Flacca. Joey footsteps. footsteps. Joey footsteps is currently in right now. <laughs> He's probably going to see a lot of action, huh, tonight? Yeah, I would assume so. Cause, but personally, I'll take Cam and number 50 practice squad versus – Footsteps and hurts, I think. Hell yeah. 
Okay, so Sirianni, the second preseason game, this is going to be viewed as the third preseason game for a lot of teams, I think, AJ. Yeah. Like, I think this second game here this weekend, we're going to see a lot more starters play longer than we ever imagined. If not this game, they're not going to play the third game for sure. So I think we might see a higher quality football this weekend, AJ. Uh, we should, but also with the Patriots. So if Cam starts, how long does he play, and do you read into it? Like, let's say he plays two series. Is that good for Cam or is that bad for Cam? Let's say he plays the whole first half. What like what is it? We read into everything. Yep. That happens yeah. in preseason because we have to. But I think the only thing we're looking for tonight is is Max still comfortable? How are his teammates around him? Is he making plays? He missed by a half yard for like another seventy yards probably mm -hmm. last week if he really wanted to. The Mac Jones does not stink hype train rolls on tonight hopefully but he could come out here and look real bad they could put him in some bad situations last week they put him in a hurry up two minute drill he went eight and nine in that he looked comfortable cam newton looked a lot better than he did last year right Connor? Yeah, 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 for sure. He only got two series, like to AJ's point, so I think they'll give him a, a little more burn now that the QB competition is much closer. But no, he didn't look bad at all. All right, that's the show. Once again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening, tweeting at us, watching. We appreciate the hell out of you. We know there's a bunch of shit out there that you could be spending your time on and listening to, and the fact that you spent it with us makes us eternally grateful pat will be calling in from the desert again tomorrow aj hawks in studio let's have a friday we'll see you tomorrow cheers